So I went to see something. I went to see the Super Mario Brothers movie. And do you know what? It's really, really good. Is it? Yeah, it is good. It's not as good. I wouldn't say it's as good as Lego Movie because it's it, it's missing a little bit of the like the story of the dad and yeah. the son from Lego Movie. Um, but it is really good. But I want to talk about etiquette. Oh, I want to talk well, like about people have the phones on and stuff. Right, it's a kids' movie. Yeah. So I expected there to be noise from kids. That's absolutely fine. But when you go see a film and there's 25 minutes of adverts and trailers, right? Which is, had, which is annoying enough. You've had 25 minutes to prepare yourself here, right? Honestly, mate, as soon as that film started, every single popcorn bag, crisp bag, sweet bag, just started opening around the cinema. I'm thinking, you've had 25 minutes to prepare for this. <laughs> It's just so annoying. And I know obviously it must be paired to the kids going, you know, having your sweets till the film comes on. Yeah. But come on. At least, like, when you say till the film comes on, it doesn't have to mean the film is, like, right. Well, I'm, 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 I... It starts with, like, a bit of a voiceover, if I remember right, as well. So the voiceover's on, oh, yeah, it's... And I'm like, oh, really, please? Maybe next time you should just watch it if you can at home. Hello and welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Dave. My name is Liam. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you won't, and others you may never want to watch. However, we can say if you've never seen The Bodyguard, don't worry, we'll always love you. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows that we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. How are you? I'm not too bad, thanks. Having me a little rant, obviously. I've calmed down. <laughs> Do you know what as well, though? Like, the cost to like buy like popcorn and sweets and drinks and that at the cinema, it's not, it's not a cheap day out now, is it? No, I, I used to work in a blockbuster and a bag of popcorn was one... This is, I mean, this has gone back like 20 years as well. It's £1.35, but as a store, you only paid 15 pence per bag. Yeah. So the profit on that food is bonkers. like... Is, is yeah. bonkers, yeah. I'm in the host chair, so it's Liam's pick this week. What is it? Bridesmaids. Oh, hold on. That's my Wilson Phillips joke there. <laughs> <laughs> so what is Bridesmaids? So Bridesmaids is a 2011 film, and it's about two long-term friends, Annie and Lillian, who are at two different stages of their life. Um, and it's just basically Lillian's about to get married, ask Annie to be a maid of honour. And Annie's not the best place in her life due to various reasons. And it's just, it's all about the build up to the wedding. And it's a great film. All right, why is it on the list then? I was really conscious with Boxer 2 to get a female perspective film on there because I think it's very easy for us. We're, we're, we're both, both guys. We watch films for us. So it was just like, we are making a box set. So I just wanted to just sort of pick something, which was got a really good female perspective. So that was one of the reasons I picked it. And also, 
it's just bloody funny. It is a really <laughs> good film. But it's, again, it's one of these points I mentioned back with community, that, that, that funny and sentimental element, which works really well. But there's been a lot of debate recently about can female comedians be funnier than male comedians? It only seems to be sort of reared its ugly head again recently. And I always go back, this is the film you want to say it's got nothing to do. Like I'm going to use the example of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, the remake where it was an all-female cast, yeah. wasn't rubbish because it was an all-female cast. It was just a rubbish film. And when it's an all-male cast, it never gets it never gets criticised. For, well, it was funny because they were all men. Never heard. I've never heard that. And especially a lot of the stuff, especially around Star Wars, that, and you know, and the Miss Marvel. Trailer yeah. again, it's been absolutely trolled just because it's three female leads, and I, I don't, I don't get this. I, I, it's something I don't understand. So it was just all of them things. I just thought, no, we wanted to pick a female orientated film for box set two, and regardless of male and female, if you watch the film, the themes are universal. Again, it's all about friendship and that ever-changing relationship especially with like two long-term friends it's sort of you know we've been friends many years it's it's never the same as you go through little cycles and stages and it's just you know and i love the one of the themes as well is because it's quoted quite a few times in it by annie is like is this my lowest point and it's it's not it just keeps (laughs) getting lower but We've all felt like in that situation where knowing you've just been at your lowest, you make poor decisions. And those themes come through yeah. in a film. So I think it doesn't matter. Like you can you can don't have to go on the male or female bit on that one. It's just the, those themes are universal. And then one of the last reasons why I picked it is it's Judd Apatow. I know we were saying about Rob Reiner. Like make and and Tony Scott as well. So I feel like Tony Scott made films for like thirteen year olds. Us, yeah. I feel Judd Apatow's made films for me from my late teens, twenties. If you know what I mean, they're just they're my perfect type of film. Always got great cast, great writers, and he feels like he has a gang of actors and people have worked with him for many years, and he always come back and work with him. So that says something. He must. I think he comes like a quite a nice guy. Yeah, by all accounts, he's like one of the super nice guys in Hollywood, isn't yeah. he? And like say that that core group of um, actors that work with him, it just seems to be in every movie, and and that you only get that when it's someone that you trust, yeah. isn't it? And, and someone you wanna you wanna be with. And he just nails that. It's funny. It can be grossly funny, as in quite crude. It can be quite subtle funny. But it's that sentiment. The his films always have managed to have that real heartfelt sentiment, whether it be about relationships or stages of your life, or and a lot of the things he look he he looks at in his films are he never really goes down that route of big aspirational lifestyle. If you notice, a lot of the characters and themes are are people not downtrodden, but a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's like he doesn't go for like there's no big rich people. In fact, if there are rich people in his films, they tend to be the butt of the jokes. If you know what I mean, they're the worst people in the movies, yeah. aren't they? And it's just a little that perspective he gives in his films. So I, it's one of them. I could have picked many Judd Apatow films, and we go in a little bit into them later. But 
for that reason and the fact I wanted to pick a female perspective for for boxer two, I don't think go wrong with bridesmaids. No, it's it it's it's a good pick, isn't it? I, I was trying to I was trying to think of sort of female comedies, and I think we're going to talk a little bit yeah later about other films we recommended, but this this is probably the top of the list, isn't it? Yeah. So for the listener who may not have seen it, or even if you have seen it, the the people that are in it, who would we know, and what other things have they been in that we'd like? So the main character is Annie, and she's played by Kristen Wiig, who also writes it as well. Um, and like most of the cast, she's come from Saturday Night Live. They've, they've, they've all come from there. Um, but you will also know her from the Despicable Me franchise, which is <laughs> she voices Wiggle. And a great one, Adventureland. Remind me, I can't. Adventureland is the one with... Um, who's the guy who plays... The social network, Jesse. Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. He play, He's he's a young kid. I have seen. I have he's seen. He's got it, to yeah. go and get a summer job, or a, he, I think he finishes college, and his, his yeah. parents make him go and get a job, and he gets a job at a really like crappy fair, and it's a great film, and Kristen Wiig, Wiggs in it, and is it is it Wig? Yeah. It is yeah, Rig. Yeah. I, always, I always think it's Rig. I don't know why. <laughs> no, it's definitely a W. It's definitely Rig, isn't Jonathan it? Jonathan Moss calls it that as well, regardless. <laughs> Kristen Wiig. Uh, yeah, Adventureland is a really good film. And here's where the, there's a big similarity because then Lillian is played by Maya Rudolph. Again, comes from Saturday Night Live. Um, she's also in a film, The Way Way Back, which... Both the characters, the pl- character she plays in The Way Way Back and the character Kristen Wiig plays in Ventureland are very similar. It's about a young, it's like a basically a kid who goes, gets a job in the summer park, theme yeah. park, goes through like coming of age. And they both play the partners of the charismatic owner or run the person who runs the park. It's, it's weird when you watch it, but didn't realise yeah, until I was watching similar. Australia yet, but they're well, both really good films. Kristen Wiig, I've just got a few recommendations before we move on uh, she's in Magruba yeah I've never seen I've it I've never seen it she's yeah. in the movie and there was a TV show uh, TV series that came out on Peacock and she she's brilliant in that um, she's obviously in Anchorman 2 as well yes um, she was in Paul with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost never seen that you one haven't seen that but no, no. Um, but she was in two episodes of The Simpsons because most of the people that yes you know we talk about on here being The Simpsons but she played the young Lucille Bluth in Arrested Development. Yeah. I was you going know, to put that one. I that, think that's my recommendation. Just go back and and watch those episodes. Uh, Maya Rudolph, though, one I don't think you've seen either. Mitchell's and the Machine. No. The the Netflix cartoon. No. That is brilliant. Will Forte plays the dad and she plays the mum. She's also in um, two episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine as well. She is. As, she plays a, a marshal or something. She's a US yeah. marshal there, because a little bit of a link to Terry, Q- Terry Crews in the yeah, bit, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, oh, there's links all over everywhere <laughs> in this episode. Loads of loads of episodes. It, it, they're all, yeah, there's loads. So who else is in it? Okay, we've got uh, just one other thing Mary Rudolph has been in. She's been, have you seen Pop Stars with Andy Samberg from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I'm trying to think of the tagline, Pop Stars. He plays a boy band at a yeah. really good film. And she's also in Sisters with both Amy Poller and Tina Fey. She is, isn't she? Which yeah. is a good film. Yeah. She's really good in it as well. And she also does one of the voices I watched recently, the Disney Pixar film, Luca. 
is a really good she one. She is a Luca, yeah. A really yeah. Good one. Next one we've got on the list is the character Helen, played by Rose Byrne. Um, I remember Rose Byrne from Damages. Back. Did you know she was Australian? Yes. See, I didn't. And I yeah. was watching, I'd watched the interview um, sort of this week leading up to it, and I was like, I didn't realise she was actually from Australia. Shows and I only found this out the other day. Is it Sarah Snook who plays... From Succession. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. Australian, she's Australian as well, yeah. isn't it? Like, they, they don't have to make some good actors and actresses over there. I don't know what's in the water over in Australia. <laughs> and they do a good American accent, don't they? They do. They do, yeah. So we've got uh, Rose Byrne. I absolutely loved Damages back in the day when it was on. With, it's going close, isn't it? Going close, yeah. Oh, and they have, they have a great body every series. John Goodman was one. and Ted Danson was one. And they are really, really good bad guys that like. I haven't seen it. I'll be honest. Really I know, good. I know of it, but I haven't seen it. It's really good. What else is Ellen? She she played more in Taggart in the X Men in the later series as well, which is really worth seeing. And also, she's in Spy with Melissa McCarthy. It's another Paul Feig yes. movie, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, and then we've also got Melissa McCarthy in the film. She plays <laughs> Megan. I love Melissa McCarthy, and if you want to see her just as she's breaking out, have you seen the episode of Kirby Enthusiasm, where she plays the shock? I've got that on my list, yeah. I've got some Rose Byrne ones as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go about. on, sorry. Just I've, I've Bad Neighbours with Seth Rogen. Yes. Um, that's a really good film, in it? She's also in 28 Weeks Later. I've never seen that one. See, you don't, you're not a big horror fan, are you? No, that's Danny Boyle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a bit, 20, there's 28 days later and then she's in the sequel 28 weeks later but also as well she was in Attack of the Clones she's just a ham, she's a handmaiden to Padme but what the interview I watched with her she was on Jimmy Kimmel she didn't realise she was in a prequel she watched it like years later her husband put it on for the kids and she was wondering why why is he putting them ones on when he's introducing the kids to Star Wars and her husband explained to her that the movie she's in took place before and she didn't. She didn't even realise. She only ended like a small, small part. But it's one of the first things she's. Yeah, she did. yeah. I think she's an amazing actress, and I love Wendy first brought. She hadn't done much comedy. I think she had an appearance and get them to the get get him to the Greek just before this, but they were a bit like the, the especially the other cast didn't. She wasn't renowned for. I think she originally auditioned for a different character, didn't she? And I'm it was too- just, yeah. Well, from what I read, I can't remember the character it was, but originally. She came in to do one of the more comedic roles, and it was Jude Apatow that said, "You'd be better in the street role." Yeah, but she is funny as well. She as is well, really. Isn't she? I'll come to this scene a little bit later, but basically, she she improved a lot at at, at the time as well. well obviously, I think there's the a lot in the movie, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, but they were really impressed with like, and I think since then she has actually gone on to do a lot more comedy. Mm. I think this was the first one that gave her the real confidence to go and do comedy because up until then she was pretty much a straight actor. Um, a couple of other people in there as well. We've got. I've um, got some Melissa McCarthy ones as well. Oh, sorry. let's go back to Melissa McCarthy. You keep forgetting my recommendations here. You can, I know. You can, you can cut that bit out. Well, to be honest. fair, I didn't even get. I didn't finish my recommendations because I forgot your recommendations. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy I've got to say is one of my favourite actresses out there at the moment I just love even when she's in an absolute terrible film I still enjoy just watching her so pretty much anything Melissa McCarthy's in but the two I've picked few I've picked out is Gilmore Girls which is really came which got it sort of up and running 
The Heat. The Heat with Sandra Bullock. That is an absolute <laughs> brilliant film. And we've already mentioned it with Rose Byrne. Spy is a great film as well. It's it a, is. Jason Statham's brilliant yes, in that. Yes, it's a really good film. The couple of things I've picked is she was in four recently playing Hella. Yes, wasn't she? Yeah, that's <laughs> in the, right. In the kind of on stage with, with version Matt Damon of it. and that, isn't it? Yeah. The, yeah. The, um, but a film, couple, couple of films I picked is Identity Thief with Jason Bateman. Again, I think that's more because I love Jason Bateman and she's she's great in this. But have you ever seen St. Vincent with Bill Murray? No. And Chris O'Dowd's in it as well. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it on the, the IMDb. The other yeah. day. I thought, oh, I haven't seen that. And one, one I didn't even realise she was in. And, it, and I've seen it hundreds of times, but not not in recently. But she was in Go. Do you remember Go with Timothy Oliphant? It's from the 90s. Oh, it's a really good film, but it must have been one of her really early films and she's not got a big part. But I've never, ever clicked that she was, she was in it, yeah. And Joe's you know really interesting? Just as she was... Because she was in Gilmore Girls for quite a few years. Well, that was massive in America, Gilmore Girls. I went back and watched it a few years back on Netflix. It's one of the programs I got suckered into when you watch a few episodes. The next thing you know, it's like <laughs> your three seasons down the line. It's a really good show. Um, she's good, but she was in Mike and Molly for about four or five years as well. Yeah, I think. So she, do we get that on Channel Four? Yeah, or, or Comedy yeah. Central. We get it here, don't we? But it's so not. she was like, she had this like, she was quite a hard working actress for quite yeah. a few years as well. So yeah, I I just love Melissa McCarthy, and when people say women aren't as funny as men. Bullshit. Just watch <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. She will just whenever she's on Saturday Night Live, she's just outstanding. She's 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 hosted a few times now, hasn't she? Yeah, she was on as um Sean Spicer. She played she played Trump's first yes. press Oh my goodness. White she, House press yeah. cover what, what I can't remember the name of the role now. It's the White House correspondent. Yeah, the White yeah. House and she came on and played him. She was brilliant, wasn't she? Also in Bridesmaids, we've got um a character called Rita played by Wendy McClendon Covey. I don't know much about it, but she's been in the Goldbergs, which is some people are highly rated. So she's I, she's in Reno Nine One One. I've never watched <laughs> Reno Nine One One. She is she's brilliant in the Goldbergs, but in Reno Nine One One she is absolutely hilarious I seem to remember I tried watching it at some point and just didn't go but it's, it's been running for a long time hasn't I think it? it's about 9 or 10 seasons so if, listen if you've never heard of Reno 911 it's basically a play on the the old I think it's still going Cops I don't know if we still get it here but yeah. the Cops reality TV yeah. show it's filmed exactly the same as that and it's just so funny um, so I was I've, I was already aware of it before Kind of th- th- this came along. I think I think Reno you know, Nine was was before, but she is really funny. She like I said that I need to go back and watch Reno Nine One One. Also in here we've got Becca, uh, played by Ellie Kemper, who I absolutely adore. She was in the Office for quite a good few years, and again, there's a big link to the Office and a lot of a lot of the the stars popping up. Yeah, I've got a couple of honourables as well because it is a big cast. John Hamm. He's in it. What's weird, did you know John Hamm was previously a high school drama teacher? I did read this, and I know what you're going to say next. Yeah, and yeah. Ellie Campbell was one of his students. Yeah, it's st- a, yeah, strange, isn't it's it? It's a funny little world. Um, and then, obviously, we've got Chris O'Dowd, which we've already mentioned on, on our IT Crowd episode. We just love him. And then, also, we've got Rebel Wilson and Matt Lucas, who are just... I think they're, they're so funny in this. 
so the, the, again, the story I read was Rebel Wilson was almost going to be one of the main characters, wasn't she? And then obviously they cast it and they give it, they purposely then give it a role of the of the, the sister. They are, they're just, she's so creepy though. I Yeah. Now, <laughs> am I, I watched it the other night and I, where have I got this scene from where she's in the bath with Matt Lucas? Have I just made something else? I think else? you've just dreamt that. I don't think it's a deleted scene, is it? And it's really weird because they're, they're like obviously the brother and sister, but they're yeah. in the bath together. I think it might have been a deleted scene or something they've spoken about that they were going oh, to do. Something else. Yeah. I don't know. Um, just going back to Chris O'Dowd, though, have you seen Slumberland yet? No. I think that should have been on the cinema. It was a it was a Netflix movie, but I think it's so good. It's got Jason Momoa in as well, and I think if I think if that had been on the cinema, it'd have been a massive hit. Okay, yeah. I'll go. Um, he is also in two episodes of The Simpsons. Yes, he um, he's been in that. He's in St. Vincent's, as I mentioned. But the Chris O'Dowd film I pick is Calvary with Brendan Gleeson, which again links to some of the other things that we've talked about as well. Yeah. But that's from 2014. John Hamm is not credited on the movie, is he? No. Didn't want his name on it, did no. he? No, not, 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 he wasn't being funny. He just felt like it was just. Well, he was coming off the back of Mad Men, wasn't he? Yeah. He thought if his name was on it, people wouldn't think it was sort of a comedy. But. John Hamm films, though, Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Got to talk about how that was the best film of last year. I don't care still, what anyone says. Yeah, yeah, we'll fight still. anyone on that point. Yeah. Um, Baby Driver, was in. Loves Baby Driver. Confess Fletch, the remake I'm, of Fletch. I've watched that. I've never seen that. It's okay. Whether they'll make more, I don't know. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, the Town, the Ben Affleck directed ta- um, Ooh, movie. Oh, yes. That's brilliant. Now, what's the one I remember he did... It only came out a couple of years ago. He was, it's something like million dollar arm or something like that's called. Where basically he's the like a, a scout, a scout, isn't he? And he goes to India and he's convinced he's going to pick up because cricket's big in India. Yeah. You know, he gets a baseball. That's a really good film as well. I remember watching that and he's really good. I I love John. I love Mad Men and I think it's about time I should go back and rewatch my movie. It's a big commitment though, isn't it? Because another sort of honourable mention is the Black Mirror episode, White Christmas, that he's in as well. That I've is never really, really good. seen any. Of, I've only seen, a, I think, the first series of Black Mirror. Uh, the episode he's in is really, really good. I know, need to go back. And I think the last honourable mention we've got in there, Terry Crews, and again, <laughs> yeah, another Brooklyn Nine Nine reference connection. They're all, they're all over the place. They're all yeah. everyone we mentioned that is interconnected with Saturday Night Live, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Judd Apatow. It's like there's, there's a, a core group of people, yeah, isn't there? Yeah. So out of all the people that are in it, and there is quite a few people to choose from. Who's yeah. your favourite character? Megan. Is I it Megan? Melissa McCarthy just <laughs> absolutely smashes this out the park. It's just Oscar nominated. Yes. You do not think you can't think of Bridesmaids without thinking of Megan. She's just she's just the most complex, fascinating, funny character in there. You know, everything everything she does and says is just hilarious. And she doesn't pop up until quite late on as well. If you if you actually go back and watch it, it's not like she sort of comes in. Like she's not actually in the film that a lot and she sort of comes in a, not not halfway through, but a bit late on. We've been we've been with the, the other characters a lot more longer until she appears, doesn't yeah. she? But she's just like a scene stealer though, isn't she? Oh, every scene she's in, she's just brilliant. I 
I, I can't say enough how much I love Melissa McCarthy. I just <laughs> think she's just amazing. And I love when she does straight roles as well because she's, I want to see that one she's done with Richard E. Grant. Yes, yeah. You've got, got it a lot really of good, doesn't it? Yeah. But no, I think in this film, um, Megan, she's the breakout, so everything she does, just look at the scenes with her with the, 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 the air marshal on the plane, where she puts a leg <laughs> up on the deck. And, and, that's, oh. a, that's a real life husband, isn't married it? Yeah. In real life. It's the, with the sandwich clip at the end oh. as well. It's like, oh my God, she is just. And where she, where she turns up at Annie's, and this is one of, like, it's, I'm not putting this down as one of my favourite scenes, but it. it when Annie is at her lowest point, it's it's Megan who comes to sort of say, you need to get your shit together. And she turns yeah. up with all the dogs because she kept taking the freebie <laughs> yeah. dogs from the bridal show. She was like, I think I overcommitted on this. <laughs> she just got Because I think they say about taking the dogs, she's like, I've already got two in the car, isn't she? She ends up with nine, doesn't she? And she drives past them like that with nine yeah. in the car. But I think she's just absolutely fantastic. And it, a character is so fascinating because... She makes out. You don't know much about her, but there's a there's something weirdly like, like is she possibly like really rich as well because she's got some weird. I think she does say, doesn't she? Yeah, she, she's she got does. more money because she works for the like I don't know the CIA. She does something where she's got yeah. high. Like she says something about buying like a a big three wheeler truck or something just yeah. because she can. Or she could quite possibly be absolute full of shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I just think Megan. Melissa McCarthy absolutely steals the show, bridesmaids. I've gone low key though. Okay. I've gone the total opposite. I've gone Chris O'Dowd. Interesting. One because I love Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, we both do. Yeah. He, so he's the office, officer Nathan Rhodes, and it. I just think he's just the nice guy that the film yeah. needs because. Yeah. I'm not saying they're all horrible. But they're not particularly likable, I don't think, everyone either. I don't think you'd want to be friends with a lot of the people in the movie. Weird, especially like John Hamm's yeah, character weirdly, and Weirdly, is men don't actually play anything much in this film at all. They're almost secondary. Like, for example, Lillian, who's getting married, you see her bride, her husband-to-be. But he's hardly in the film. He I don't even think he hardly speaks, yeah. does he? He's, he's, and it's it's really interesting that like they, they do completely like the guys in it are quite. They don't actually bring much to the film. I think Chris no. Adal's character is the one that sort of he's there to sort of bring Annie back, isn't he? Jim? Yeah, I, I I just think he he's he's playing such a good part in it, even though it's only a small part, yeah. isn't it? But it's vital to the the overall movie. I like the fact that he kept his accents because I did read they wanted them to have an American accent but they all loved his Irish yeah. one. because she does make a joke it. about it as well. Like, like, are you even allowed to be a cop or something? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Keeps going on about how tough he is and stuff, doesn't he? <laughs> I just think he's a, he's the nice balance to yeah. the whole to the whole movie. So that's why I've gone with him. So in a female-led movie, I've picked... I purposely tried to pick someone a little bit different though because I knew you were going to pick... Megan McCarthy's well, I'm going to pick someone. I'll, I'll yeah. pick the opposite. I'll be the one that picks someone completely different then. Have you got a favourite scene? I've got a couple. And to be fair, there's quite a few in the film. I love the speech duel. When See, that's what I put. I just... <laughs> and this is the bit I said before. Rose Byrne apparently improvised a lot of this. on the. On right. the and this is where, at the time, they weren't too sure... Like the cast and the crew were just like, oh, she's really good because <laughs> she—it's just really just kept coming back and taking the mic. And like when she appears with the second mic, I know it's it just cra- it's so it's, cringy though, isn't it? But they're both out cringe each other, and it's like it's like it's not Annie making a tit out of herself, 
both of them are doing it and it's just like oh girls come on back it's, it's, it's like a sort of a David Brent cringe when uh, um, Annie starts singing the Diane Warwick song and <laughs> starts singing that's what oh, friends just, are, that's what friends are for yeah. and then obviously she gets up and they're both doing it and it's just it, oh you just want to like curl up and just you just want to say we were just watching it going just stop just, just stop. stop yeah no it's it's a great scene I think it it sets the film up as well also can't not mention the dress fitting scene like where it all goes wrong due to the the food the, poison. Is it the Mexican food they've it, just started it's a Brazilian it's Brazilian it? food isn't it Brazilian meat it's like and what's quite interesting and that is um the director and Judd so they were quite keen to try and push to get a little bit more crude element in that, whereas I think uh, the, Kristen Wiig, the writer, she was a bit like, oh, I don't really want to go down. But I think, oh, that's interesting. I think it really works, this scene, because going to get you going to get fitted for your wedding dress is such a big moment yeah. for, for, for women. And it's like, you know, a very emotional thing. You're there with your friends again. And what happens in that scene is just... I know they go over the top and it's just like <laughs> there's just puking shit everywhere. But the bit that just gets me is where um, Lillian runs out and she's crossing the road and she just sits down on the road. <laughs> and she just waves the cars by at the end. She's just like, just go, just go, whatever. And it's just like, oh my God. It's like, it's, 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 that yeah, that moment is pretty much filmed. But I didn't. I, that's, I didn't go for that one as my favorite one. Another favorite moment I have, and it's still not my favorite part. <laughs> my favorite scene is I love the tennis match between. They're just absolutely battering each other with the balls. They're not even like. I mean, obviously playing to win, but the planes are just hurt each yeah. other at some point as well, but aren't they? It's the little bit I can't remember. It was before or after the tennis game, and it's quite an important scene for later. Is where, Hel- where Helen's two stepkids walk by and she goes, oh, Wendy, these are my stepkids. And they just go, fuck off, Helen, and walk off. Really? And it's really yeah. quite... And they don't don't mention it, just moves on. But I think that one scene sets up for later and it's quite an important scene. Yeah. So I think it is quite a good scene. Now... I've, just before you move, go and see Mayhem on then, um, the scene with Annie in the car trying to get <sighs> the Chris O'Dowell character to help you know, they pull they pull up on slow side and they're like past, Yeah, they? they keep driving past at one point she's like topless, isn't she? And <laughs> another point she's like pretend to be like pretend to like gangsters, aren't they? They're leaning back. <laughs> but another scene away like and apparently it was all improvised is the scene in the store where the the, the young girl comes in to buy the ring and they're just insulting each other yeah. back and forwards. Do you know whose daughter that is? No. Peter Frampton, the guitarist. Oh, is it? That's his daughter, <laughs> That's yeah. That's a bit of a random yeah, yeah. casting, isn't it? I think the scene on the plane as well. Oh. When um, Annie took the pills and drank a glass of scotch with it, and she's just obviously just off her head, isn't she? She'd call him Stove. <laughs> what, what type of name are you? An appliance? She like gets kicked out, puts some sunglasses on, and comes yes. back, sits in the chair, and, he, and she's just like, "It's a great scene." What's your main one then? I've got to go with Annie's meltdown in the bridal shower, and I just it's think so unexpected. Yes, but. It's just, this is where it's, the writing is so good. It's the perfect payoff because everything that's gone on in the film. The little links to Paris. Everything, it just it just goes off in that scene and you can feel Annie's 
pain where it just <laughs> I, I I just feel like the writing I, it's my favourite scene because I think it's the best written scene because the whole film builds up to that moment that's the payoff yeah that is everything we're like we mentioned before at what point is Annie at her lowest we keep thinking she's at her lowest and no she so, goes lower that is the lowest so point. the backstory is she suggested the Paris theme hadn't she yeah and then she gets the invite. It's a it's a French invite, isn't it? In the present, they go the they, they actually turn up. It's it couldn't be more French, could it's it? Just it's empty. all that was all their idea, wasn't it? Yeah. And then the gift that Helen gives her a trip is to the Paris. trip to, after yeah. sort of you know Annie's just given that little bit really of personal stuff, yeah. And stuff, yeah. And Ellen's trying to pretend she oh I haven't got a gift really, and you know gives oh, her the envelope, doesn't yeah. she? And oh, it's. it's it, the, you're right, it, it built and built and built, didn't it? To and where I she just, just think that it's where she's trying to flip the big giant cake cookie over on the floor where she runs up and then and the chocolate <laughs> fountain, which is the big cookie. Yeah. She's trying to push it and A she's concrete just, fountain. <laughs> just, but uh, you just, at that point, you're with Annie. Whatever, everything that's gone wrong, everything that's all, all the decisions that's not gone away, you were with her at that point and you're just like a little piece of your dies with her because it's just <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, and that's the bit where obviously with Lillian goes, well, you know, don't bother coming or something like that. And it's like, mm. it's their relationship changes at that point as well. Um, I, I, Like I said, there are so many scenes I could have picked. Like I didn't even, like, didn't even mention the plane scene. But what was really interesting is apparently in the original script, he did go to Las Vegas and there was a whole multiple oh, right. so, like deleted but scenes because the, there's Paul Wood deleted scene as well yeah but they, they didn't but they didn't when it comes to start filming it they didn't go to Las Vegas because leave um, the hangover sorry had just not long come out and he thought oh is it a little bit so the whole scene was written quite last minute and I think it's hilarious when you get escorted off the plane. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> you see Annie in handcuffs or something don't you it's just like but it, it goes to show sometimes when things don't go right in the film production, you can come up with some like great moments of cinema that are completely accidental. So, lots of music in in the film. Yeah. What's what's kind of the best song or piece of music that's in there? It's a couple of pieces of songs. I've noted um, there's a song called "Blisters in the Sun," but a version by Nouvelle Vague. Now, "Blisters in the Sun" we've mentioned a few times, haven't we? Because the Violet Femmes they used it in Some Ghost Point Blank. From like and he used it recently in it, but it's a completely, it's a lovely little cover version mm. of it, and it's completely. Safe. But also, I think it's a little throwback. Is I don't know this, but the Violet Femmes who wrote the original song are from Milwaukee, which is where the film is set. I was like, oh, oh nice okay. little. Also, a uh, Blondie rip here to shreds. If they've used that, and they also used the same same song at the opening of Mean Girls as well. So I think that's a little nod to each other there as well, but. Hold on, Wilson Phillips. A live version of it as it's well. It's just like, <laughs> like, it's an amazing song and it's so perfect. So from a perfect song then to the question around almost the perfect movie, but what would you do to make it better? I wouldn't have Wilson Phillips in it. You wouldn't have <laughs> no, had that come out? I just think... It was. It wasn't needed. They could have just sung the song, like karaoke, like... I don't but see. I think the idea behind it was that Helen had organised the party and they'd gone so over the top. But at that point, it was okay 
because Annie was accepting. Yeah, no. I think I think there could have been another scene where Annie's they haven't made up and Wilson Phillips walk out singing and he goes oh for fuck's yeah definitely <laughs> you know? I don't care I just Fuck. feel like it was just a bit no you've mentioned it when I was watching it again the other night it just took me out the film for that little bit having the real life yeah. things in there <coughs> for, so for me it's interesting what you were saying before then about the the, the discussions between Judd Apatel and and Chris Mick because I think the opposite and with Judd Apatel I would have ramped up the wedding store scene. I would have had all of them throw up on that dress. Really? Yeah. When she well, comes apparently out... Apparently, that's what... Imp- it's Paul Figg, isn't it, the director? Paul Figg, sorry, yeah. Apparently, both of them, George and Paul, will really know you've got to... Got a more crudeness, more crudeness. Yeah. And Kristen Wiig was like, ah, really? Just... She really put... But I think it works... The blend of both works well. The, yeah, the, the two things are the changes that. I think in the bridal store... You could have gone absolutely yeah. over the top, yeah. Um, the other... Well, even more so than Melissa McCarthy sitting on the sink. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I'd have had a splatter in the walls and everything. <laughs> I'd have just went. I would have just went for it. I, I'd have just had that scene. She when she walks out in that dress, that would have been covered in sick. And then I would just had one of them. It, the Melissa McCarthy splatter in the wall. The other one was in the toilet, gets sick on her head, which was is horrible anyway. I'd have had one going in a plant pot. I'd have had all sorts. I've, you know, I just forgot. I loved the bit where at that point, like, um, Annie's not trying to keep it together. And Hel- she's Helen's saying she's like, hungry. Yeah, actually, yeah. I could oh, eat. I could have a snack, actually. She's like, oh, I've got you a sugared almond. And she's trying to eat it. And it's just it's the longest. Yeah. She's sweating as well. You can oh, see the sweat yeah. she looks. But the other one I changed, again, this is this is all about me just ramping it up for, for, for the sake of it. But when Annie's on the plane, you wouldn't have to show it. You could if you want. But I wanted her to get tasered. Yeah. I wanted the the you know, the marshal, the air marshal that um Melissa McCarthy's been hitting on, he pulls yeah. out the taser and I was like, She's gonna get tasered and she did just cut to it, yeah. Even if it had just been with you know, the what the, you know, the two that start kissing each other on the plane. Yeah. Even if it was the serial kissing and you just hear in the background yeah. the noise of the taser and and you, so then you would have known she got tasered. That to me would have been really funny. So there's just a couple of bits where I'd have ramped up the, the comedy in the in them scenes. So we've got our mystery question then. So this is the new segment that we're doing for box set two. I've got questions for Liam that he hasn't seen and vice versa. So put your hand in the box and pick out a question. Gonna go with that one. That one. That one. Okay. Come on, hit Mis- me. Mystery question this week is: What's the sequel or the next movie, if it's a franchise, about? Oh, interesting. Because you remember there was I did see the interview with Kristen Kristen Wiig where she said she she's got no plans of making a sequel for it because she was like it just it. She it, likes the story yeah, as it is. Yeah. I I. I like the resolution because it's not that clean. It's almost like at 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 the end, Lillian appreciates that actually, it and he's the only one who can sort of pull it out of her little panic before, yeah. and he come back to a bit of an understanding. But at the same time, I feel like they both acknowledge that things will never be the same afterwards. It's it's what I said before that theme of there's a constant change in your friendship. You just come yeah. around in cycles and stuff and it's quite interesting. So, if we were to make a sequel, I 
think it would have to involve kids or right because because this is like a good few years later now yeah, isn't it so yeah so it'd be based around the, the yeah. kids and but then i'm thinking is it just now this is like this is 40 isn't it almost is it going to be too similar yeah maybe oh i don't know where would the obvious sequel be i'll, I'll tell you i think is an obvious sequel but maybe it's it is too similar you could do a hangover style movie where they re the hen part like it's the hen party you could do melissa mccarthy's characters maybe getting married yeah. or, or even annie's getting married um to officer Rhodes. maybe maybe they've waited like all this time because they, they didn't want to get married because you know what maybe she didn't want to commit or whatever um but it could be it could be a road movie with those characters on a hen party. Maybe to Vegas. Maybe you get to see that version of them <laughs> them in Vegas, but a hen party for one of the other characters. No, they go to Paris. They, go, they, they all go, to, go Paris. to Paris. I think that's... The, the, so who's, who's getting married, though, do you think? I don't... I, I, or do you just think it's a, like an anniversary thing or something? just do something where they all go to Paris and it just goes wrong. Yeah, you, could, you can write... Numerous yeah. scenes with, yeah. especially with Melissa McCarthy as well. I'd love to, yeah, love to. I there's definitely no, there'd be a reason he goes to Paris, and I'd love to get a little taken vibes going off in there as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> someone gets taken <laughs> to something, oh, they, they have to go and like yeah. find them. I don't know. I just, just, I always think whenever I think of Paris in American films, I think of taken. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa McCarthy's going around battering people trying to get one of the characters I'd, I'd, back I'd watch that yeah fair I'd enough I'd definitely watch yeah. that yeah <laughs> so what impression did the film make right impression wise budget it was made of a budget of about 32 and a half million box office returns was 306 and a half million which is a great return Got for a comedy this was a smash and I'm sure I read somewhere it's the the highest grossing film Judd Apatow has been involved. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. And I, you consider all the films and all all what he's done, and this, this one has been the biggest smash. I just think it says a lot. I think this one is the one that appeals to audiences most, doesn't yes. it? There's something for everyone in this, isn't it? And don't forget, we mentioned it before, two Oscar nominations that year as well. So both mm-hmm. uh, original screenplay and supporting actress. For a comedy like this, to get two Oscar nominations... I think that's amazing. I think it really is. But not Best Picture, I think, is unfair as well. Comedies very rarely get no, Best Picture no, nominations, do they? And it's not easy to make a no. comedy at all, and, is it? And it's a great film. And it, it sort of goes into member I said about Michael Zavini. It's a boss little film. If yeah. that, it's, you know what I mean? It's well made. It's got that lovely sentiment to it. But what I am going to mention about... And it, it sort of carries on from the, one of the reasons I picked the film in the first place is impact-wise. In 2011, this was quite a revolutionary film, purely on the back of it broke the conventions of female relationships and female-led comedy in Hollywood. It, if you go back, and it seems really strange saying this now, but it was like, been doing a few reviews, and he was saying it was groundbreaking in 2011 just to make a film purely about a group of female friends. I think friends. you had a lot of female-led 
TV show. It was like the Golden Girls and yeah. stuff like that. Were on Kirsty and Ali was huge when I was a kid. Yeah, but it wasn't many big screen films. Like Hollywood was and it still is. It's very male dominated still. And even even when you have females and top roles, it's still very complicit. Nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's still. It's all from the point of view. Like for example, I was reading this really good article about it and he was saying where it's amazing is. Any other film pre Bridesmaid, the rivalry between Annie and Annie and Helen would have been over a man. Yeah. That, there would have been it could have been played for laughs, but it would have been over a man. And then likewise, the friends relationship would have all been a subplot with a male and female lead, if that makes sense. They would have all been dropped to a subplot. Mm. So this is the female friends. So it's revolution, and it seems so strange to say that back and like doesn't feel like it was that far away. But I think things have changed a lot recently. But I think impact wise, it really opened the door for a lot of female roles, female writers, female producers, female directors. Because it wasn't the and apparently like there was only one female director even considered, and they didn't go with it. But again, it was like. I think you should have possibly tried to find a female director to make a female film, but yeah, they did. But I think that's the I that's the biggest thing about Impact. I think it did, it did change things a little bit, and I think good on Judd Apatow to actually have that hindsight because he's 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 actually been really good for given. Yes, he's often criticised. He doesn't really write characters of colour. That's definitely criticism. I'm sure he'll try and you know he'll he's, it's something he's considering and, and working on. But he has give the voice to female characters in a lot of his films, and this 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 for him to take the risk and, and go with this, I think was re- really well played by him. So if anyone wants to watch it, how can they watch it? Netflix, straight in. Dead easy. Dead easy on Netflix. Bitch bash bosh, bridesmaid. And if you do like this, what else would you like? I've gone with a couple of themes. I've gone with wedding movie theme. Oh, yeah. So The Hangover, it's yes. very similar. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's obviously about it. You know, a group of friends who kind of go into antics. Um, the Wedding Singer from 1998 with yes. Adam Sandler. I just remember the song he sings where it's like the two halves of a song. Yeah. Just, I love it. <laughs> Great film. Father of the Bride. Steve Martin, yeah, nineteen ninety one. My Big Fat Greek Wedding from yes. two thousand and two. Wedding Crashes from two thousand five. Yeah. And it's not really, it's not really a wedding movie, but it's it's bleeding up to wedding. Meet the parents, yeah. Uh, you know, with De Niro and Ben Stiller from two thousand. That's a that's a great comedy. The other theme I've gone with is just because of that um, bridal shop scene. I've gone with movies where. People just throw up. Oh, and the other okay. reason I've gone with it is because the film won Best Gun Gut Wrenching Performance at the MTV Movie Awards as well. <laughs> <laughs> Purely for that scene. So a film that we've done, Stand By Me. Yes. The pie eating scene. Oh god, yeah. That's a particularly famous yeah. sick scene. The Exorcist, obviously, with you know, Linda Blair. That's the the scene of um, uh, being the... sick. You've never seen the Exorcist? Never, never seen the Exorcist. Unbelievable. In the Matrix, Keanu Reeves, right after Morpheus. If you're shaking your head, you we might never, have to I've end this show. You've never seen the Matrix, and I don't know dear. why I've just never watched none oh, of the Matrix films. We've just lost half our listeners now. <laughs> but basically, there's a scene in it where uh, Lawrence Fishburne finally he tells him, you know, what's going on, and how, you know, you're now in the real world and stuff. And he's he's 
Joe Pantolano, who's, who's um, ciphering it, says, like, he's going to pop, he's going to pop, and eventually he throws up Team America. Yes. That oh, is yeah. like a nearly one-minute non-stop puke scene. Yeah. <laughs> Super bad. Yeah. Throws up on them all as soon as they come out of the club. And then the last one is coming back to the Jude episode, that, that circle of people. Paul Rudd in I Love You Man when they're doing the beer drinking contest yeah. and he just throws up right across. It's unbelievable. And John Hamm recommendation is obviously he was the doctor, the handsome doctor in an episode of 30 Rock. So you should watch 30 Rock. We, we were having a laugh about this, but you couldn't have picked any option to go to 30 Rock. And <laughs> it was an easy one this week, wasn't it? They are literally dotted all over the place. Okay, couple of ones I picked out if you like Bridesmaids, you were like this, is my first theme I've gone with big female comedy characters. And the first name on my list was Roseanne from Roseanne. I just think it's incredible. If they were, Ignore the last season and the new reboot recently. Which, which, which is not in that. Yeah, it sort of disappeared. Um, the writing on Roseanne uh, for a couple of years was just untouchable and still is today. I think it's amazing. Um, and just to see that perspective again of a woman and again of a a working class family in America as well that aspiration thing we do and I think Judd Apatow is something he's run along with as well is that you don't have to see this vision of America that we think there is it's all very like they live in the biggest houses yeah yeah I like like to see other perspectives Um, another one Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec if you're talking big female characters another one which if you're talking big female character Karen from Will and Grace Yes, she's really funny, isn't you'd, she? I honestly, it's a good sitcom, but take Karen out of it, and it's 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 average. It's, that links a little bit to the Leslie Nope one. Well, because we've got obviously Megan Mullery is married to Ron Swanson, yeah, and she plays Tammy, wife number two, Marks and Rec, <laughs> and she steals the show whenever she's in that as well. Yeah, she's unbelievable when she appears, and she Ron Swanson can't contain himself, oh, can he? Just love it, I love it. Um, but yeah, Megan Mullally, I think she's an amazing actress. Another one I've got is Jane Lynch in both Glee and Role Models. She steals the show. She is really good in Role Models, isn't yeah. she? I've, I have never seen Glee. She's, she pretty much plays the same character in it. Right. When she's on screen, as you know she's on screen. I think she's brilliant. And have you ever seen Best in Show? Yeah, it's the... Jennifer Coolidge, who plays the... She's married to the real the real old guy. Yes, I she just <laughs> and obviously she's gone on to do White Lotus as well. I think mm. she just absolutely brilliant in that. You've also I picked Pitch Perfect a because it's a similar type of film, but I think Rebel Wilson and Pitch Perfect. I think it's the second one where she comes down on on the wires on stage and it goes wrong. I just think just. It makes me howl she, with laughter. She is hilarious. She's brilliant. She? But also Elizabeth Banks, who plays the news host in it, and the commentary, she's just brilliant in it. And I think she's one of the writers as well. I think she is, yeah. She yeah. just directed Cocaine Bear as well. Yeah, she, yeah. yeah. So she's, <laughs> I just think those two in a film, um, Rennie Zellweger, Bridget Jones, I don't think you could rule that out as well. There was the two or three movies for that. It's three. It's three, yeah. And The Heat 
by Melissa McCarthy if she plays I just think she plays it so well so but again like I said earlier you can put anything by Melissa McCarthy on that list the other theme I went with him that's not it's almost not a theme it's almost like a whole genre is Judd Apatow just his name connected to stuff and I'm just gonna real this is just a list of some <laughs> I've picked out Girls again groundbreaking TV series Pineapple Express, Step Brothers, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Getting to the Greek, Superbad, Anchorman, The Larry Sanders Show, The Larry Sanders Show, Dave. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know he was a t- like, attached to Larry Sanders Show. But above all, if anyone out there gets an opportunity to go back and watch Freaks and Geeks, it is amazing. So I don't think that ever even made it here Never did made it properly you had, like, had to buy it on like a region one dvd or something i haven't i still yeah, that's haven't that's how i watched it <laughs> it was part of caribbean last week um i i'll be honest i couldn't get through the first episode it just didn't like resonate with me but i know it's probably one you've got to stick with but yeah i think i don't know if i'm too old now and i'm watching it out of time and maybe it was that it was one of those shows that in the day it's like selling it's like it's like if I think think if I put the Wonder Years on for the kids yeah they, who are older now they'd go what what is this but at the time I used to love the Wonder Years and I think Freaks and Geeks is one of those shows that I, I think you've got to be I maybe you have a certain age or I don't know because I think you've got because there's only eight episodes I believe as well so short lived. Um, its impact, you, you know... Oh, the cast, the, the ball cast, got on, yeah. They're all amazing. I just think it's just, it's groundbreaking and it's just, it sets Judd Aftow up his whole career, just doing it. I would say go back and watch it and at some point, you just watch and go, this is amazing. It's got a huge cult following, yeah, hasn't it? it's amazing. So that was Liam's pick, Bridesmaids, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. This was a Watch It If You Can production, executive produced by Kenny, our Val's lad, on work experience. Don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>